Let's hit it. Uh, start the clock. Roll the tape. Play the music. It's a special edition of After the Movies on a Tuesday uh, because because I watched the movies in the wrong order. Uh, and we never announced what the movies were going to be, so surprise, if you read the title of this episode, talking about Christopher Nolan's uh, groundbreaking pandemic film that is grossed, that was a box office disappointment, but has now grossed more money than any, any other movie during the pandemic, Hennet. E-N-E-T. And it really doesn't matter when we put them out, you know? Everybody should just expect Tuesday or Thursday, you get to listen to us talk, and that's really it. That's all that matters. It is. All it is. We're talking movies, regardless. And now we can give you the special heads up that on Thursday we will be resuming our independent feature uh, show season for At the Movies uh, with Resolution. So the 2012 film Resolution, uh, directed by. You can find that on Prime too if anybody needs to figure out where is to. Is it on Prime now? Yeah, it's on Prime. You can. Nice. You can rent it or you can watch it with commercials. It's up to you. You get to decide. I should. I sh- I uh, I really should know who directed it. I don't know why I'm blanking on this because it's like two brothers. The Joel and Ethan Cohen's 2012 debut film, <laughs> Resolution. Resolution. Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, um, nice. who also are in the film as. Uh, this movie's hard to explain, and today's episode is not about it, but uh, we'll just, it's, there's UFO cults, there's uh, bizarre things happening in the woods. Um, that movie's hard to follow, but not as hard to follow as this one that we're talking about today. Great, great transition. Um, yeah, let's talk Tenet, because I want to know what your thoughts are on Christopher Nolan's stuff outside of uh, this movie. I thought I thought I liked so like obviously his movies are always weird and they feel like you're watching a video game. I don't know if like if anybody feels feels like that. Can you like let us know? But as soon as this film started, I was like, oh, yeah, his films feel like they're video game cutscenes. Like it's like you see it and then boom, there's action. Then you get to play in it a little bit and there's like these weird transitions in between it. That was the same way with Inception, which is an overall a good movie. I liked it. Um, very comparable I, to this, I would say. I Inception liked, is very similar. Yeah, it, like it like it looks the exact same as Inception. It feels like it feels like they just put new characters in the Inception world almost. Uh, all of those Dark Knight movies were good. I enjoyed those. Um, but I'm really, really on the fence with this movie. Like, not in a good way either. But <laughs> <laughs> on the fence, but not in a good way. Yeah, it's just, it here first, folks. It it was like the strangest experience. Like I really enjoyed the story. I thought it was cool. Like how everybody was inverted and things things that were happening. I thought that was cool. But then it all but also the same thing that I thought was really neat about this movie also lost me. Like some parts when they were doing this were so confusing, and then keeping track of who actually was backwards and who like wasn't was tough to follow sometimes. And I know we're gonna talk about it, and we're probably gonna talk about it for a long time. But why in the hell is the audio so bad in this? <laughs> yeah, it uh 
you can't hear anything some of the dialogue like you can't hear them uh, talk at all pretty much bizarre and that's a complaint that i read about the movie actually um i yeah i don't know about christopher nolan i love the dark knight i love batman begins um dark knight rises a little bit less uh than the other two but um mm-hmm. you know all right i like bane um did not like interstellar uh, in a hotly uh, controversial topic amongst my friend circle. Yeah. Um, did, did not like that movie. I don't think I and watched it, this... to be honest with you. Well, so it's kind of weird because it's kind of a similar problem I have with this. I would say, like, they put all this work uh, in Interstellar. They worked with NASA to create the most realistic black hole possible on film. At the end of the film, spoiler alert, uh, he ends up like tapping into the power of love, to, like, to, like travel through time. Like he gets sucked in the black hole, but like he uses it, it ends up being not scientific at all. And mm-hmm. so, like, I was kind of like, why would you go through all these lengths to make a very like scientifically accurate film up into a point, and then kind of like throw that away? And so with this one, another high concept movie that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think that, it, pardon my French, I think it gets up, up its own ass a little bit in trying to explain, like, how and why everything works. And then I read on Wikipedia, there's a whole section for scientific accuracy where he said, we're not trying to be accurate with this one. And it was like, okay, so then why did I just spend 20 minutes listening to these people do technical jargon about a thing that doesn't really add to the story? Like, all I need to know is, like, oh, so they're able to go back in time. And they make a point several times in the movie to be like, it's not time travel. It's actually reversing the entropy of an object. And you're like, all right. And they're like, but we are going backwards in time. And you're like, okay. So you are going back in time. And they're like, no. Uh, no. That's not it. Uh, you gotta have, you have to be going forward and backwards at the same time. And it's just kind of like, was it just me or did you feel like, like, so at the beginning, I thought only like three people knew about this tech. Like, it seemed like a very small group of people. And then as the movie like continues, it's like the whole world knows. about it. It's like 150,000 people know that you could do this. And at the beginning, secret society at first. (laughs) Yeah. Then it's a battlefield full of people. Yeah, full of people going backwards and forwards. That was which that was pretty cool though. Like seeing people like go back. Like that was cool. I really enjoyed that. Which is why I have a hard time like really shitting on this movie because like the parts that were really cool were really cool, but the parts that were bad were like really bad. It was just like a roller coaster. I just remember watching it and going, "Wow, that's awesome!" And then I go, "What the?" (laughs) And I'm like, "Oh, that's cool." And I'm like, "What the?" Yeah, it, it um. The visuals are amazing. Music, despite the audio issues, the score is really cool because they reverse sections of the score during parts of it. Um, it's too really loud, though. To those... It's too it's, loud. The it's... score's too loud. It was good, but it's way too loud. And that's the Christopher Nolan thing a lot of people make fun of is they talk about how his movies have that, like, all of his trailers have the... Ah! And it'll, like, fly to be like, this Christmas. Ah! a new film from Christopher Nolan. Ah, and like things are happening on the screen. Um, and yeah, I don't, this movie, I also kind of feel like, I don't know if you felt this way. I kind of feel like this was a normal spy movie 
with like not like the stuff was just added in. okay okay yeah now that uh, you bring bring this up something i want to say it felt like a james bond movie with like with like an added twist like it was the same it was the same thing like the spy who falls in love but like doesn't really fall in love and then it's a yeah. it's that spy love story but there's also like the russian villain yeah there's a villain that who and maybe i lost this but like wasn't there another villain at the beginning or was it him the whole time that's something that like i kind of i thought there was like another there was another bad guy and then like the true bad guy showed up which i was like wait what <laughs> where'd the other guy go well they went to find the arms dealer and then found out that the arms dealer was actually the woman and not the man at that building and then she sent them in the direction of the Russian guy. Oh, but then, then they're partners for a little bit. And then they're not partners anymore. Mm. I will say, um, I don't, like, I'm not shitting on this movie. I, I would say that I probably liked this movie more than I didn't. So I'm not trying to be hard on this movie. Um, that being said, it didn't pass the Jimmy Sniff test of, I. so, like, I watched it and it got to the point where, there was a logical conclusion to things. I think it was, like, before she was shot. Yeah. I was like, okay. Like, I was like, all right. Like, I kind of see where this is going now. I paused the movie. Wouldn't you know it? There's an hour left. Same. Oh, this film. dude. Dude, dude. We did it at the same time. <laughs> we did it at the same same, yeah. same time. Because, like, you know, uh, we've talked about it before. If I have to check and see how much time's left, not a really good indicator that I like the movie. But I remember at that same point, I checked it and there was an hour left. I go, I can't believe there's still an hour left of this movie. Like, I just, I was so shocked. And I remember saying to myself, there's an hour left. Same exact spot. Same exact spot. And I, I even feel like, I do feel like, I mean, I do feel like they use the time wisely. Like there's, it's not like there's like a lot of like wasted time, but I think with an editor, a stronger editor, this thing did not need to be longer than hours you know you could have trimmed half an hour off of this pretty easily i think um if i had a nickel this this bugged the crap out of me i'm gonna keep saying this i like the movie it's easy to point out things i didn't like because i'm again i'm not like crapping on the movie i didn't enjoy it but there's this thing where the main character protagonist as he's referred to would talk to someone and they would explain something to him then he would say something to himself. So she would go, be like, why are the Russians after this? And she'd go, well, they've had a secret deal set up with Ukraine since 1985. And then he would say, mm, betrayal. Or he would be, or they would talk like Robert Pattinson's explaining how the time travel thing works and why it doesn't work this way or that way. And he goes, like pissing in the wind. Mm-hmm. He would just like say things to himself. And I was like, I noticed it, and then I couldn't stop noticing it. It just kept happening. Um, you know, it's interesting. Think- it's interesting you said uh, with the stronger editor. I think it, I don't think it was the editor's fault after looking into some of the. So this is the same editor that was on Hereditary and Midsummer. So I think that those Midsummer's a bit lengthy too, but I do think those movies justify their length a little bit. More. So, so I almost wonder if this was like too many hands, too many hands in the pot. So I think, you know, where I would cut out a lot of stuff is the exposition in the beginning. I would cut out about 20 minutes in and then about an hour and 45 minutes in the middle. And then (laughs) (laughs) then wrap it up. Like, why did I need 
to like what did Michael Caine even do in this movie? Dude, Michael I Caine showed up. Listen, I on Wikipedia he is listed as starring in the film. Michael Caine. I got Michael Caine for one day. It feels like it was like shot. a commercial. It felt like he was shooting a commercial. <laughs> they shot one scene with him that was totally unnecessary. It's a lunch scene. Well, that's and what I mean. It didn't make any sense because you have the CIA guy that gets him after he like quote unquote dies, and then you have Michael Caine, and then you have uh, the Indian lady who's part of the other. There was like so many bosses. There's, yeah, so the first hour of this, I guess, my issue with it is, like, pacing. Because the action is great. When the action gets there, it's worth it. But the first probably 45 minutes of this film is almost exclusively him talking to somebody who tells him he needs to go talk to somebody else. Then him traveling, talking to that person, they say, okay, you need to go talk to this person. And you definitely could have. That's what I mean, dude. It's a video game. His movies are like a video (laughs) game. You're like going on quests with the main character. You're like just watching a video game for three hours. It was like quests. It was like, honestly, in his films, they just start putting quests achieved, like right at the bottom. And then you're like, next quest. So everybody could follow along be like, oh, he's on his next quest in this journey. That'll be nice. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Let's say some things we like about the movie because we have been kind of. Yeah, we said we were going to shit on, on it. it. And then we, both, we both like it. And yeah. there, here's the thing is, I think that it's uh, the purpose of this podcast, uh, you know, especially when we're covering like big movies like this, like we're not going to hurt Christopher Nolan's feelings. No. And we're both saying that this is like a pretty good movie. Nobody that so Christopher Nolan even knows that knows somebody whatever, is going to hear this yeah. ever. Uh, nor should they even care because we're, we're two people just giving our opinion on a movie. Um, but I will say, so like aside from the visual effects, aside from the music, um, I thought the performances and the casting were very good. John David Washington is, is uh, the lead. He's Denzel Washington's son. He was in Black Klansman. Um, he was a former running back, and I think he does an excellent job in this role. Likeable. Um, charismatic i think when he needs to be uh he definitely gives off leading man energy for somebody who doesn't have that extensive of a film history uh and i also think robert pattinson is just getting really good at being like a, a chameleon um so the, and so that's interesting i would say that yeah. i that's a part i liked all of i liked all of other performances uh my favorite was from cat on elizabeth debicki that was DeBecky, my yeah that was my favorite performance in this whole she's entire great. film i think i think she did great i don't know if it's just because like robert pattinson has that like twilight vibe still like with me and that might be why i'm a little bit more critical on his performance i liked it but i didn't love it i think is yeah. where i'm at with it he uh between this and between like good time and uh he's now going to be in batman um he seems to be doing a lot of different things which i think is interesting like i think that whereas and it's not necessarily his fault but i think you see daniel radcliffe these days and you think that's harry potter yeah i think that robert pattinson maybe hasn't escaped that yet but i think that he's on the path to being more than just the twilight guy if he keeps doing ambitious roles um so kudos i would say yeah that's true i agree I agree with you. I think Cat Cat was the best. Elizabeth uh, Debicki, I think, was 
probably the standout performance in this movie for me. Um, very yeah, she was great. Compelling performance for someone who is in an abusive relationship and has to decide between uh, giving herself peace and potentially like ending the world, mm-hmm. which is a really fascinating balance. Yeah, she made us the you know the uh, the ultimate decision to mm-hmm. potentially kill everybody on the planet or find peace. Thankfully, she was able to do one without the other, but it was right. kind of like it was it's... a nice little. It was a nice little situation to put her in, and I felt like she did a wonderful job in that situation. I do think, um, I think the idea of the introverted stuff is great. I think the visuals are great. So every time you see the birds flying backwards, you know, you see vehicles going backwards, that stuff is really, really cool. Um, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what the purpose is of, like, what the benefit is of, like, this technology in terms of it certainly wouldn't make it easier to fight or kill someone because you have to line them up with a bullet hole that already exists and <laughs> pull the trigger so that the bullet will come back through them. It's a very bizarre, um, I found, like I understand the ultimate goal of the thing, which is, it is kind of this thing of like, they took a long way to just be like, yeah, they just want to destroy the world. Yeah. Like the, 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 the end goal is just to, to reverse the world and so that it'll, everyone will die and they really took the long way to explain that yeah the Um, one thing uh, the one thing that i will have to say and i'm going to give christopher nolan credit on this is like typically now like when you see films like this even old like what we talked about last or a week before last that's not really an original like screenplay that's you know adapted from a graphic graphic novel the one thing i'll give nolan credit on is the fact that he wrote this himself which i think is really cool like this wasn't from a book this was like, this is something that he worked on. It said for over a decade, so like that's pretty cool. Like I, I like will give him that credit. I think I think that's awesome. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. And I think for him, writing and uh, directing it, I feel like he did a pretty good job. But the, there's just obviously length, and we talked about sound and stuff like that. There's some things that I definitely hate about it, but overall, like not a not a terrible film. I think you it's kind of this thing where it's like, if you get the good, you have to take the bad because mm-hmm. when a person labors over something for so long, of course they're going to want final cut on their film. Like they're going to want, you know, if you took 10 years to write the screenplay and who am I to tell you to take out some of the technical jargon or cut it down by 20 minutes. Like for him, that's his project. He wants to put it out the way he intended. And so, yeah, for that point, it's like hats off um, for sure. I would say, like I said, this was an enjoyable experience. There was just a bunch of times where I was scratching my head and Jess, it's funny because somebody who's been watching the movie for an hour and a half and Jess comes downstairs and goes, what's going on? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like I, I couldn't tell you. And I've been invested in the story for 90 minutes and I could not tell you what's going you gotta on. You kind of just have to be there for the ride. It's really just like, all it is, is an amusement park ride at the end of the day. You're like, that was fun, but I don't know what happened. I was wondering if, I was wondering if you caught this. They said something at the beginning of the movie. Uh, oh, if it was them talking, then no, I definitely didn't catch it. it was, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, right. For real. For real. No, that's good. I. She said something that I almost felt like was purposely put there to 
uh, kind of weighed against this criticism. Because I think he's gotten it before. I think Interstellar got similar criticism, I think. Like, these movies that are mostly positively received, same with Inception, but do you mean, a few detractors. Do you mean at the beginning when he's, like, when he's first being explained by the, like, scientist about everything? Where it's basically says, like, this isn't going to make sense. You just have to believe it. On yep. those, yeah, and I was like, okay. <laughs> that seemed very much like directed at the audience of mm-hmm. like, try not to get too invested, which I have mixed feelings about. I think I do like that idea of like cinema just being this thing of like, not everything has to make total sense. My only issue with that is like, then why do you try to make it make sense? Okay. Like, why have the characters explain things? I'm not supposed to care. About, I'm going to take, you know? I'm going to take a page out of the great. And I've say it a lot because it's something, it's like my main tenant of a filmmaker. <laughs> Is that like tenant or tenant? Tenant, not tenant. tenant. Yeah, no, a tenant, not a tenant, my tenant for filmmaking. Your tenant. Is if you create a world, the world doesn't have to play by real world laws or real world things but if um, you create a world that everything needs to make sense within the world that you create and it has to be believable that is my one big thing with films and i think at times because of what we talked about there where they explain to you well don't get too lost in like the actual technical aspect of this it's like well you break your own rules throughout the film just for like convenience i guess and that's kind of the part where i'm like Eh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's not real. But the thing is, like, you, you know, painstakingly created the rules to your own fictional universe, and then you go out of your way to not follow them, or there are things that don't add up. And it's just kind of like, if that's going to be the case, I would rather have you just set vague, more vague rules, like less, more broad rules, so that it can kind of, fit a little better instead of making these super specific guidelines and then yeah not following them yeah you know? so for like um, example the one rule that i think is so everybody when they go backwards is wearing an oxygen mask right so at the end or not the end but close to it when cat goes back to the boat isn't she actually inverted at that point wouldn't that be the only way that she's seeing herself wouldn't she have to be inverted yeah then she's not then right there. Like she, she's not wearing so, so right. there's two of them there. And I would think like, she's like the only way for her to see herself is because she's going back. So why isn't she wearing an oxygen mask? That's the one part that I could, that kind of lost me there. I was just looking to see if somebody had talked about this online. So I'm curious. Um, See, okay, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Somebody on Reddit asked this. And the top answer is, no, she's not inverted. She traveled back in time. Parentheses, inverted during a while. I don't know what that means. And the second sentence says, then she uninverted, and then she moves forward. So it's like, what are we doing here? (laughs) What's going on here? Yeah, I guess. Give me a... Yeah, that's the part. Clear path, you know. It's just it's too much of. uh... Well, this is the thing we talked about it when we watched the Tomorrow War. That time travel was explained, and it was like ships. 
So, so like if you went backwards needing an oxygen mask, and then you me, like reflipped yourself. This isn't this isn't time travel. I I get it, but <laughs> but it hurts my head. That's I did. You feel dumb because I for a while I was like, maybe like I'm dumb. Like I was watching it and I thought maybe I'm the problem here. And then I looked at the letterbox reviews from people I follow and people whose opinions I trust, and they were all like, "This is a good movie, but like it doesn't make any sense." I I you know? like I'm gonna be honest with you. I credit myself with like being like above average as far as like intellect. Like I understand like. I've been around the block. Like I get things. I understand things. I, I don't know. I guess I, I guess I'm dumb too, because certain times it just We're didn't mo- make sense. I couldn't, like I couldn't follow it. And that's one of the times we talked about is like, how was she not, we never saw her come back through. We're movie guys. We watched, I would say that we're cinephiles mm-hmm. in the, in the, you know, in the definition of that word, we watch a lot of different kinds of movies and have over the span of this show. And we'll keep doing like we watched butter on the latch last week that's a movie that is also i would say more cerebral and more of a, an experimental kind of film that maybe some things are purposely vague um i didn't have a hard time following that like once it was laid out for me even though it was experimental it made sense yeah and but that's a more this is a more narrative driven film so logic would dictate that this should be easier to follow. Yeah. It's just not. Although, I will say, this is partially on me because I have a hard time with spy movies in general. Like, I have a hard... I like spy movies, but I have a hard time a lot of times when there's, like, an abundance of characters. And when there's all these international... It's like, oh, we're in Kiev, and now we're in uh, this place, and now we're in that place, and we met this dictator, and now we're working with this locksmith, and there's, like you know, 25 new characters, like, introduced throughout the movie. I do have difficulty following films like this, generally. Yeah. So it's probably doesn't help that this one also has a convoluted time travel element. No, and I definitely agree with you there. And I guess I differ because, like, I love spy movies. I grew up watching all of the James Bond films. So, like, I like spy movies. So that's cool, and I could follow it. I think the problem was is that, I tried to like turn up the audio and I know we're going like, and this is a, like, I know I'm going to keep on saying this, but it's a real problem because when, because when you're like, if you want to make all of the like explosions and the waves and kind of like the external sound louder, that's fine. But when you're traveling to all of these places and our main character is meeting all of these people that play a minor role, very minor role in setting up things, when you have a lot of these minor like roles and you can't hear two out of four of them, you're missing 50% of the information and it's hard to catch back up. And that was one yeah. of the biggest things is I had the volume up loud, but then all of a sudden, especially when they're on the boat, when they're first talking, when they are talking, you can hear the waves smacking that boat so loudly that you can't hear anything of what they're saying. And that is a critical point in that film to understand that with, you know, what's going on. So, like, if you're going to have a dialogue-heavy film where you need to know what's going on, you can't have all of these other noises going on. And, I like, obviously, I'm not the only one because it's one of the biggest things that people have complained about. Well, it was, it was a problem in theaters, and that's my big thing is this is also a movie designed to be seen in theaters. Like, this is a blockbuster film. 
but imagine seeing this in theaters and not having the benefit of subtitles, of being able to pause the film for a minute and take a bathroom break or get a drink or something, not having the benefit of having the Wikipedia page pulled up to follow along in case you miss something. I think I would have been hopeless seeing this in theaters. Like I, I would have gotten the gist, uh, but I do, I think that I understand it a little more just based on yeah. being able to have the subtitles on and follow along with the plot. So so now that so so now that you bring that up, I think that's partly my fault. Is I normally watch films with subtitles on to follow them better. But since I wasn't at my house watching this film, I did not have the subtitles on. And that's probably why I'm having such a hard time with it, because I normally will watch films with subtitles on so I can at least like understand it a little bit more and get the dialogue and understand where they're at. But in this situation, I had no subtitles at all. So that's you shouldn't you shouldn't have to, though, is the thing. I mean, you know, it's a personal preference. But if again, if you were to go see this in movies, this mm-hmm. came out and you were like, oh, first movie, you know, back after the pandemic, I'm going to go see Tenet. You know, you would expect to not have subtitles and you expect to be able to hear the audio. BT uh, saw so. this movie at a drive-in and I'm wondering oh and I'm wondering how bad that was. I got to talk to him now. I didn't really talk to him a lot when he but he went and saw this at a drive-in. And I can only imagine our radio how bad that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I. That's that's weird, too, because, I mean, that is a technical component of the film. You know, like, that is not us coming in with, like, an objective, or a subjective, rather, like, oh, I didn't like the way that this plot element worked, or I wasn't a fan of this. That's us That's us agreeing with a lot of people that objectively have said there's a technical issue with this film. So, like, we make you know? our own content, and now, like, we make our own stuff. We're far from being able to produce a film that has a 200,000, or a two whatever it was two two hundred million dollar budget or whatever it was we're far we're far from it but at least i know when you're like mastering stuff if you're like wow that wave sound is way above the dialogue i should probably lower that well wait until people see season two because <laughs> you're gonna make sure you can't hear anything i just don't get that part it's like how are you watching that and going yeah the levels are great like well, especially when there's that many people involved. When it's that big of a project, how does somebody not notice that and go, mm, seems like I can't hear shit yeah, I just, <laughs> in it's this just, movie? That's like one thing. And it's like, even now, the one thing that you talk about, even as a small or in- independent like creator, independent filmmaker, is like the one thing that is unforgivable. They tell you this right at the start. Anything you read, anyth- anything you watch us us been doing this now for almost a year the one thing that you cannot get us like a pass on is sound quality you can't and it's funny we're saying that i know that we've had some sound issues and this podcast but hey you know this this isn't a 200 million uh, dollar podcast this isn't a 200 million dollar (laughs) podcast calm it down i gotta get it i gotta get a christopher nolan quality webcam next i can match my my new audio where you look like you're in a dream Um, looking at you through a mirror. Yeah, I think, I think this is a. Here's, I guess, here's my other, my one other issue. Uh, while we're getting it all out there, while we're airing our grievances about the uh, technical masterpiece that is Tenet, um, it's a, it's written to be, a, it's a smart film, 
Uh, but there is no chance that even smart people are going to f- make sense of it. Like, there's no person that just has this movie all figured out. Nobody wa- Nobody is, like, smart enough to watch this by design. I don't think that, I don't think the logic is there for, a, there's a, for there to be a smart enough person to watch this and be like, I understand everything that happened. Uh, so it is, like, written like a smart movie, but it is a dumb movie in mm-hmm. reality. It is a big blockbuster, high-concept film that's very cool, and it's meant to be seen in the theater. It's a dumb movie. And I think there's yeah. something about like accepting that and, and embracing that and, you know, enjoying a big dumb blockbuster movie. Uh, you know, it doesn't need to try to explain the laws of thermodynamical physics to me. Uh, you know, I could just be like, oh, they time travel. That's enough for me. There is one thing um, that I want to point out with like, <clears throat> I got to like one thing I'm going to give them credit on again is how big this production was. It was filmed in over seven countries and involving a crew for just the filming, just the film crew of over two, 250 people. This is a crazy, Jeez. crazy amount of people that, that, that were involved in just like the principal filming of this. Yeah. And then you talk about like over a hundred different vessels that were used in the making of this film. Like you got to give Nolan credit for managing and directing a film of this scale. Like, no matter how well you end up feeling about this film with its good and bad parts. And even if you're listening to this going, this film was a piece of shit. You have to give Nolan credit for not only writing this film and then not directing it, but also like managing and directing this intense of a filming like schedule and intense of a, like all of like managing all of these countries, all these people, all these moving parts. I mean, he has a great crew. I mean, a lot of that's crew and you have people in charge for like a reason, but you can't not give him credit for that. Like you have to. Yeah, definitely. How did you feel about the reveals? Did you see things coming? I didn't really see anything as like a reveal. So I must've saw it coming. Like, what are you, like, what are you talking about? So like, for example, there was two that I caught and then two that I didn't. So like at the very beginning, when the soldier that he doesn't know, who the soldier is like at the opera house grabs him or whatever. I immediately was like, that's going to be him going back. I did not think that it was going to be him at the airport Mm -hmm. when he goes back and ends up like fighting himself. So that was, that caught me. And then uh, once again, I think so. uh, So, uh, so I was the opposite. I didn't catch the beginning, but I figured when he pulled the mask off and it was like, like, like he knew to keep it a secret. So that's, I guess we were flipped right. on that one. And then the other one would be that I did whenever Robert Pattinson Neil says, um, I'll tell you, you know, why does it matter who hired me? I'll tell you later. I was like, okay, that's clearly mm-hmm. going to be him. Yep. But I did not see the thing of like, he is apparently the head of Tenet in the future. Yeah, I didn't. And I didn't see, the, I didn't see that one coming, but I guess it makes sense. I didn't anticipate that. Yeah. I, I do like, I do like the ending in the sense that I like that he gave her the, like the radio, the walkie-talkie, mm-hmm. and is able to be there. And like, I like that that paid off. Like she was in danger, and the whole like, oh, it's probably nothing. And then you know he was able to. So intervene. all I'm going to say is, is that I know it's not going back in time, but if he goes back in time to meet Robert 
Pattinson to t- help him and no Jimmy no <laughs> Jimmy no he introverted listen he introverted while Robert Pattinson reverted and then they at the same time they meet in the middle because you can't talk because you can't talk if you're inverted and somebody's not you can't talk to them because it's backwards and they showed that during the film he did so he did. I'm having you're absolutely you're absolutely right none of this shit makes sense we're here to tell you that Tenet is a pretty okay movie that is uh, mostly fun to watch visually, uh, that is confusing and has issues, but if you like stuff like this, if you like Inception, if you like Interstellar, there's no, if you like Christopher Nolan stuff, there, you're gonna like this. You're gonna, I mean, hopefully you're, you know, walk out of it and are able to just kind of shake off the, well, that didn't make any sense, but uh, it is very cool to just see a movie with an original concept like this. Um, be made on the level of like a marvel film or something like that so uh that's cool and uh the visuals definitely you know rival something like a marvel film uh it's maybe even more impressive because it's got a little touch of realism to it you know um in the sense that it's i don't know why i'm saying that there's people walking backwards and shit but it's <laughs> but it's not people in costumes flying around so it feels um you know i hope- grounded in some kind of reality like, I don't know if our path is going to take us to ever be able to produce or see something on like this grand of a scale, but I would love to see the conversation about like, I'm shutting your whole highway down. Right. <laughs> like everything yeah. is closed now. Like I am bringing in a crew and this whole highway is getting shut down. Like, I would just love to see that. This is not the podcast to talk about it, and uh, we are getting to about that time at the end of the show, but mm. that happened to me yesterday. We went, uh, I was at a buddy's house, and we were in Mill Village, uh, which is about 10 minutes out of town from where uh, my parents live, and we drove into Waterford, uh, which is the town over, to get uh, gas and some beer and some food, and they were blocked off from halfway into town all the way into Erie. The road was blocked off. No idea what was going on. Didn't even look like it was cops. Looked like it was people in construction vests and, like, T-shirts and jeans. Dude, something's going on there because when we left filming, when we were up there and we left filming, they had a whole section of road blocked off again, and they were like, sorry, can't go through here. And you're like, what? And they're like, Waterford is starting to feel like the town from Stranger Things. Like, it's starting to feel like there's some kind of uh, weird science experiments going on that you're, for some reason, had the Little Caesars closed on a Sunday. Everything was everything was closed yesterday too. We couldn't couldn't get food anywhere. We couldn't get beer anywhere. And I know that it, today's Labor Day. I didn't think that things would be closed on Sunday. So we had a whole odyssey. Maybe we'll talk about it on shooting the bit. Uh, yeah, because some things happened. But that being said, that's our discussion at Tenet. Uh, I think my judgment on this one. I know if you agree, uh, Jimmy, would be that you probably already know whether you're going to like this movie or not. Um, I mean, like, I, I can't picture somebody who doesn't like Christopher Nolan seeing this and having this be the movie that changes their mind. Uh, but if you like what he does, this is more of that, and it's done well, and I think you're going to enjoy it. So I would just kind of follow your gut. I, w- I I agree with you 100%. This is also the first podcast that we've done where I didn't wear a hat, so that's exciting. Wow. Wow. And I'd like those to... YouTube views are going to come right back up, <laughs> right back up. And I'd like to give <laughs> a sh- parentheses Jimmy Jimmy head reveal. 
Uh, and as always, I'd like to give a shout out to our Patreon members, Jay Irvin and Dylan Painter. Thank you so much. We love you guys. And uh, we really appreciate your uh, being a Patreon member. If you'd like to join them, patreon.com slash Lomo Media. Plenty of tiers. We don't need to get into it. Go over and check it out. Lots of good stuff there, especially with season two on the horizon. Go on and want to check those nice, sweet, sweet blooper reels. Absolutely. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to the Patreon members. Definitely uh, check that out if you're interested in more. Um, we are coming up on some really cool interviews um, with some some independent filmmakers um, that are in the area. Uh, actually, our, our next At The Movies episode following this week's will be um, an independent feature along with uh, the, the filmmaker themselves talking to us uh, about their movie. So um, tune in for that. That's going to be super cool. And at the end of this season, we're just going to keep plugging away so you'll get Two more directors, and we'll, we'll, we would love to hear in the comments uh, who you would like to see us cover or movies that you'd like to see us cover on after the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say I would encourage people to uh, – we're definitely trying to grow the podcast right now. So um, the best way for, for us uh, is a share. Um, it is word of mouth. If you like the show, tell a friend. Uh, and it is also if you happen to use Apple and you give us a five-star review – that would be lovely and wonderful, and we'll keep an eye on it, and we would be happy to read those on the podcast. Um, it would really appreciate it. It would help us out a lot. So, uh, yeah, tune in on, on Thursday. This is actually – wow, Jimmy. I should have spun this from the beginning. This is the introverted tenant week mm-hmm. of the podcast. The introverted. Why didn't I just think of that? That, that would have been inverted. way smarter. You mean inverted. The, the inverted. The <laughs> introvert. No, uh, the intro- I meant what I said. Uh, the introverted one is just me and you staring at each other and being like, I don't want to do it for the podcast. I don't, I, don't want, I don't want Christopher Nolan to get upset with me. What if um, I don't whoop? Christopher, whoops. Whoop. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to hurt his feelings. All right. Let's, uh, so we're, we're going to watch Resolution. Uh, Resolution, streaming on Prime. Directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Scott Moorhead. Mm. It is a wild ride. Jimmy and I actually haven't even talked about it together yet, so I don't want to spoil uh, feelings on it, but it is definitely a wild ride. Um, Unlike anything you'll ever see, you might love it, you might hate it, but it's interesting, uh, kind of like this film. So uh, check that out and um, shooting the bit next week. So, yeah, season two on the way. Season two. That's That's all we got. All right. Oh, we didn't even... This is after the movies. Oh, yeah. We never opened the bar. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We got, what we got to do is we got to go in the turnstile at the yeah. same time. Mm-hmm. Then go back, and we're going to... Shoot, 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 shoot. Whoop, whoop. We're going to open the bar retroactively. Mm-hmm. Bar's open. Uh, so Robert Pattinson... Shows up at the bar normal. We gotta go. We gotta go back through though now, since we went through to open the bar. Now we gotta right. go back through. We're going back through again. Close it. Yep. And then. And here we are back. Uh, We're back to them coming into the bar. Are we letting them in? Or do you think Christopher Nolan, Denzel Washington's kid, and Robert Pattinson show up? Um, what do you think? I think one more drink. Christopher, let's see here. Christopher and Nolan has to sit in a booth. He can't sit at the bar, but everybody's welcome in. He's nobody's allowed to talk about the plot of this movie. Yeah. If they do, as long as they don't talk about what's or going Ince- on this movie. Or the ending of Inception. <laughs> yes. Yep. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. Don't get him started. All right. 
Well, we had them in. Time to get them out. Let's go forward in time and get these get these folks out of our bar. Uh, and that includes you, listener. Get out of our bar. Get out. Have a good one, everybody. Bye.